What's going on, everybody? You're listening to Trail Tales, episode number 70, the big 7-0. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru-hiker. I am a peak bagger. I am a huge hiking nerd, and every single week on this podcast, I chat with other thru-hikers, other peak baggers, and other hiking nerds like myself. And let me tell you, this week's guest is definitely a hiking nerd. I don't think he will take any offense to that whatsoever. James Appleton is on the show. He is a peak bagger. He is a fellow podcaster. And this dude is an Adirondack junkie. Like this dude, I'm telling you, he loves the Adirondacks. He He's a native to the Adirondacks. He's lived in Lake Placid for most of his life, it sounds like. And yeah, he's done the 46 and he, 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 okay, so this is what I'm talking about. This dude literally created his own peak backing challenge in the Adirondacks. That's, that's how much of a hiking nerd he is. Like I'm telling you, it was so cool to hear from him. This episode is all about the Adirondacks. So I know many of you love the Adirondacks just as much as James and I do. But if you don't, then uh, hopefully this will get you inspired and get you pumped to get out there once all of this quarantine coronavirus BS is over with. As I mentioned a second ago, James is a podcaster. He is the host and producer of the 46 of 46 podcast, which is a really cool show. You should definitely go check out. We talk about that a decent amount in this episode, and it was just so much fun. I genuinely mean this. I I had a blast with this episode, especially after last week's more, I don't know, partially dark episode, just talking about COVID and all this stuff. It was nice to not mention that at all during the course of a conversation, and it it honestly just got me really pumped to get into the Adirondacks this summer, again, once all of this, uh, this whole situation is over with. So yeah, it was fun. James, thank you so much. Let's do it again soon. Instagram, folks, go check out my Instagram, at TrailTalesPod. My personal Instagram is at Kyle Hates Hiking. I've been having a hell of a time keeping up with posting on both of those accounts and the podcast and the YouTube stuff and, and everything. So haven't been posting there as much as I'd like, but you should go make me look like a cool social media influencer anyways and go follow my shit. <laughs> Please, um, let's see here. YouTube, my YouTube channel is Kyle Hates Hiking. Just search that. I'll also have a link to it in the show notes. If you like goofy hiking jokes, and not taking things very seriously, you might like my YouTube channel. And iTunes reviews. That's the last thing I'm going to plug here. I haven't read five-star iTunes reviews for a number of episodes now. I'm super behind on that. I don't really want to do one now because I kind of want to wrap this up so I can go do something else. So I apologize, but please go leave a five-star iTunes review. I'm honestly just going to wait until Baker Bocorny comes back on the show for his next episode. And I'm just going to make him read them. So (laughs) I will catch up on them eventually. Make it difficult for me. Go leave an iTunes review, a five-star iTunes review. That would be much appreciated. With that said, folks, let's do it. James Appleton, a 46er, the creator of the Lake Placid Niner Challenge, and the host of the 46 of 46 podcast. Trail Tales episode number 70, James Appleton is on the line. We're going to be talking about the Adirondacks today and wherever else the conversation goes. So James, dude, what's up? Thank you so much for, first of all, for for just coming on the show and second of all, for doing it pretty short notice. I appreciate that, man. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. 
I am excited to talk about the Adirondacks. I have done a number of episodes on the Adirondacks in the past, but I feel like it's been I feel like it's been a minute. It's been I I, I can't even remember the the exact time I I talked about them last. So I'm excited, dude. Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself, say who you are, and be sure to give your podcast a nice plug as well. Uh, sure. I'm always down to talk about the Adirondacks. Um, so my name is James Appleton. I live in Lake Placid, New York, right in the smack in the middle of the high peak region of the Adirondacks. I do indeed have a podcast as well, just like Kyle. It's called the 46 of 46 podcast, where it's an Adirondack hiking podcast. Um, mostly go through trip reports in kind of a storytelling narrative way. And now recently, I'm also doing conversations and different subjects with a guest on the show, similar to this show and most podcasts people listen to. So I'm uh, playing with all sorts of different formats these days. But yeah, if you want to check it out, that's what it is. So I grew up in Lake Placid, uh, never went hiking ever. What? Uh, didn't, I mean, I should, I should preface that. <laughs> I didn't care about hiking. Um, you know, when you grow up here, you end up you end up still hiking here and there for, you know, this or that. You go with these people. I remember in high school, there was a, a field trip where we went up Cascade. So it's like, you know, you still end up going hiking, but I never cared about, I never cared about the outdoors really in high school. I was too busy playing guitar or riding my BMX bike to really take advantage of the outdoors so much. Um, it didn't come until a few years ago where I really quickly had some time off from work. Um, in the summertime and I decided to just bang out the, uh, the high peaks just to do it. And I did. And, uh, in one summer due to work being lining up perfectly to do so. And, uh, from there it, it just the, the desire to always be outside on the mountains, uh, just catapulted immediately. So, uh, it quick took quick and, uh, here I am now with a podcast and all. Dude, I'm like pretty jealous that you grew up in and still live in Lake Placid. I mean, you know, Burlington's great too. Obviously, not very far, and so I've been over there quite a bit. But Lake Placid is an awesome town, dude. It's such a cool town. I mean, you're right smack in the middle of the mountains. There's obviously all the Olympics stuff, and you get to watch the uh, the ECAC college hockey playoffs every year, sure. which is cool. Clarkson's been uh, been doing pretty well the last couple of years, so that's on my mind. Lake Placid is just an awesome – and skiing, skiing too. Can't forget about that as well. White sure. face is pretty close. So Yeah, I mean, growing up, snowboarding was probably the most, let's say, quote-unquote, outdoorsy thing I did growing up. Uh, you know, for me, it was all about it was all about playing music and riding my bike. Um, but, um, yeah, Lake Placid's a cool town. It's, uh, it's funny because so often people ask, you know, if I go hike, where I'd like to go hiking and – I don't really ever go far because there's just so many options within 10 minutes of my house. So it's just like, I can't yeah. tend to just, I don't want to justify going hours or whatnot when I don't have to. Mm -hmm. For example, I've never hiked from the upper works. I just you, haven't. You've never, <laughs> never. I mean, other, you know, I've been on upper works road, you know, for Santanoni range or Allen, but from like uh, the trailhead property, but not the never... actual upper works. No, because I'm just like, I could drive an hour and a half both ways to upper work. So I could drive two miles to the lodge and just hike in from the lodge. So yeah, I just, I just don't, but it's, you know, it's because I'm so close. And at that point it's, it's easy for me. 
So that's really the reason. But people always find that surprising when I tell them that. That is, I mean, it makes sense when you explain it like that, but it is pretty funny because, first of all, there's not even that many trailheads that you can use to access the 46 or, mm-hmm. or most of them anyways. And so you just took one of the very few like off the table right there. Because, I mean, I mean, just off the top of my head here, I'm thinking the lodge... I guess the Cascade parking lot, uh, let's see, Upper Works, uh, Elk Lake, and then... St. Hubert, you yeah, park, yeah, yeah. park there. There's uh, the garden. And the garden, and, uh, yeah, too. And Upper Works. And yeah, just like I said... This is like I'm just, six. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to always go from the lodge. Damn, that's, that's pretty funny, dude. So how old were you when you actually... So you grew up in Lake Placid whole life. Sure. But how, how old were you when you actually... Not not even when you decided to do your first 46 peak, but when you actually decided, like, I'm going to do all of the 46 peaks, if that makes sense. Sure. So, um, let's see. It was in 2018 that I did it. So, um, I would say that would be 31 years old. So, I, you know, I grew up in Lake Placid, you know, I moved away, and uh, my wife and I moved back here. Um, we bought a house and sort of did that sort of thing. I work in New York City. Um, that's where, down where we were. And then we moved back up here. So I tend to, I travel for work. So I'm always going back and down to New York city, uh, for work for sometimes Hopefully days. Hopefully not right to, now. <laughs> no, definitely not. So from down there for days to months at a time. And then when I'm on a job, I'm home for the weekends. And then between jobs, I take time off. So that's kind of how my life goes. But, um, when we moved back up here, you know, we bought a house and, uh, at that point, you know, it's, it was really, you don't know what you got till it's gone. So when you're not available, not able to see mountains everywhere you go or take advantage of outdoors activities, you know, you start to miss it when you don't have the opportunity. So like growing up here, you know, I see the McIntyre range and Marcy and Colden. I see them every day of my life. So I just, you don't, you just kind of don't care mm-hmm. because it's just everywhere you turn. So that was really kind of how it worked out for me not not seeing them and never caring and when you come back here i was like okay i'm going to take advantage of the outdoors because i like being outside uh and then hiking is a great activity to do and it just really from there is where it took off you know once you get up to one mountain you get to the top you're like okay i get it i get it i understand why this takes over people's lives and it took over mine real quick Mm -hmm. so dude 2018 that's like not even that long no. ago, haha. Super, super short That's time crazy. ago. That's crazy. Yeah, so, so I, so in twenty, I think like fourteen or twenty fifteen, maybe fourteen, when the Saranac Lake Sixer hiking challenge started, um, I just like hiked a bunch of those with some friends or whatever, just for fun. Why not? Like it's this little hiking challenge. Let's do it. Uh, so I hiked three of those mountains in a few weeks, one summer. Uh, and then that was 2014 and then never went back. Just didn't care. You know, it's just, I just didn't care at that point. Uh, because again, hiking at that point was just something to do. Right. But, um, and then I was home in 2018, home in May and home in July. Um, so in May, I was like, just on a whim, you know what? I started that little hiking challenge of five years ago. Now I should just finish it. So in three days in a row, I hiked. So I hiked um, Ampersand one day, and then I hiked uh, Scarface the next day, and St. Regis the following day. So it's like it took me five days, five years to finish the Saranac Lake Sixer, but it was actually done in like (laughs) 
know, a few days. Yeah, uh, yeah. So at that point, I was like, oh, that was great. You know, I was in much better physical shape. So I said, okay, you know, those hikes went significantly better than than I anticipated them going. I guess the next thing is the 46. And then I was like, I guess the next thing is hike the high peak. So yeah, that's where, that's where I decided to start. I knew I had July uh, completely off from work coming up. And I was like, okay, I can bang out a lot of them uh, and as much as I can. And then I did 33 in the month of July. So I, Damn, dude. You know, I, I banged them out pretty and, quickly. And obviously it's a little bit easier when you live that close, but still like oh, 33 totally. fucking hard mountains in one month. Yeah. That's, that's pretty insane, dude. Before before we before we go there, I I want to ask you about the Saranac Sixer thing before sure. before we get uh too focused on the high peaks. So, I I haven't really talked about this on the show. I I don't think maybe maybe it was brought up briefly, but um that was a long time ago. So the Saranac Sixer thing for those of you that don't know, it's it's it, it's it's kind of it is a peak bagging list, but there's also like the ultra Saranac Sixer part of it, and mm-hmm. so it you know in its essence, it's basically just six peaks around the town of Saranac Lake. They're all like for Adirondack standards. I, I've only hiked one of them, but for Adirondack standards, my understanding is they're more, they're, they're not as difficult. You know, they're not, they're not super bad, but anyways, you know, once you go and hike the six, you're a Saranac six or whatever, get the patch. But there's this thing called the ultra sixer where and James, feel free to cut me off. I, I think I, I think I'll get this right, but I might, I might not. I, so the ultra sixer, is where you you start in the center of the town of Saranac Lake. Like I said, these these peaks are all kind of around the town, like on the outskirts of town. And you start in the center of town. You start your 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 stopwatch, and you have 24 hours to hike all six peaks. And they're all different trailheads too. So you have to like you know hike them, and then you like drive from trailhead to trailhead, and that that counts towards your time. And then once you are done them all, you go back to the center. This is where I'm a little bit unsure. Where you, you go back to the center of town, and then there's like a bell, like a little park, mm-hmm. and there's like a little pavilion and like a bell. And then you ring the bell, and, th- and that's when your time stops. And like the challenge is to do it all in 24 hours. Did I get that right? Is that is that correct? Completely correct, yeah. So Boom. that's, you know, doing it as the as the as ultra. The, the which, ultra, you know, right. All, a lot of these, a lot of the hiking challenges have ultras. Um, yeah, and that's Saranac Lake Sixer in particular. The ultra begins and ends at that uh, that square. I don't remember the name of it, but yeah, there's a giant bell. Yeah, I, a, I, it says if you ring the bell, you haven't become a sixer. You'll get some uh, like Kawasa Kurtz or something like that. <laughs> something funny written on the on the bell itself. That's keep, awesome. You know, to keep the uh, the local riffraff from coming and ringing the bell at midnight. <laughs> I'm sure it's been done. Let's be real. Um, have you? So you've done the six, but have you done the ultra six? No, I have not done an ultra. I am planning to do it this summer. I've actually never done an ultra, like a proper Adirondack ultra challenge or any of the the Northeast ultra hikes. Um, but I'm planning to do one this summer, which I'm doing in to turn into like a little season of my podcast. Oh, nice. Um, you know, it'll be fun. To, it'll be, you know, a six different mountains that aren't on the show already. And it'll just be a different type of experience to listen to, you know, to hear mm-hmm. how I'm feeling, how I probably want to die at some point and, <laughs> uh, you know, cursing every step. Do you, do you know the, the, the stats off the top of my head? If I recall, it's vaguely maybe like 30 miles and like eight or 9,000 feet of elevation gain, something like that. I think that's exactly what it is. I, th- I think it's like 27 miles and um, just over 9,000, I okay. believe. So uh, Yeah, I mean, all <laughs> six of those mountains there, 
you know, they're smaller in terms of, you know, like compared to the high peaks, but Mackenzie Mountain, for example, is just shy of 4,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the other ones are, are smaller, but they're all still, you know, they're all there. Ampersand is the only one I've done, and mm-hmm. I can tell you that it is a fucking bitch. Like, it's it's pretty damn yeah. steep. So they're, it's, I say they're like, they're for Adirondack standards, they're easier, but I'm assuming sure. they're not like, you know, I'm not going to say they're easy either. Um, and I'm just curious because I'm, I'm also thinking about doing it this summer. Actually, it's like kind of on my bet. It's been on my radar for a while, but like low on my radar. And sure. this summer, I finally feel like it could happen. Cause it's like the kind of thing for me, distance wise, I could do it in a weekend and probably not need to take any work off. And I always, you know, I, I like to do just random hikes, but I, I like to do the challenges, you mm-hmm. know, work towards something if I can. And I've also never done like any sort of ultra challenge or whatever so i just think it would be fun so i'm just curious like i don't know how much you've thought about it but do you have like a plan of attack or anything like that because i i don't i like i haven't really planned it at all yet but i like don't even know where to start honestly as far as like strategy uh for the the saranac lake six ultra i would basically start with you know i would just do it via the driving element so i would go i would go with mckenzie and haystack since they're right next to each other and those are the big hikes Okay. But the bit those are that's the big hike, and then you drive a mile down the road right to Scarface, and then you drive a couple more miles down the road to Baker, and then you and then from there, getting to Ampersand and St. Regis, those are super far apart, so it doesn't really make a difference which one you would do, but mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of how it would make sense. Or you could you could skip Baker and do Baker last, which is the smallest mountain of the of the six. And then you're you're back in Saranac Lake because I guess technically, as you mentioned, you do need to go back and ring that bell. Got to ring the bell. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I would basically do Mackenzie and Haystack first, then Scarface, and then go do probably Ampersand, then drive over to St. Regis, then come back into town to Saranac Lake to hit Baker as the final mountain, which is the smallest of the bunch, even though it still has some steeper sections. But, uh, I mean, that's like a twenty minute up type of mountain, so it's okay. pretty short. And then, yeah, then I would ring the hell out of that bell. That's for sure. Because Baker's pretty close to the center of town, right? Yeah, it's just, I mean, from the, from where the bell is, it's probably a mile away. Okay, if okay, that, if that. So, easy. Yeah. Well, nice not easy, quick. not at all. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah. The uh, the hiking challenges, in my opinion, in the Adirondacks are fantastic. I know a lot of people have their opinions of them. Some love them. Some are obsessed with them. Some don't like them. Most people um, listening to this like them, so <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan. Uh, I run one of them. I started the Lake Placid Niner Challenge, um, so I I run that challenge and created that. And I've had nothing but you know you you get like your your little haters here and there because anything <laughs> these days has that. But I mean, 99 percent of the feedback that I get on finisher registrations or you know Instagram messages or whatever, people are so stoked on the mountains and. You know, they have never heard of half of them or they never knew these existed and these were great and the, the experience of all of it combined. People just love having something to work towards and yeah. um, having a list in that regard. You know, a lot of times in life, you'll get people who thrive from a list. They have a, a something to do specifically, a goal, a task, and that's the, their task-oriented people. Those people tend to love those hiking challenges and they just give you a good excuse to come go visit this area go visit this part exactly of the park. dude exactly I think, I think they're very beneficial in giving um the notoriety to some of the mountains and incentive to explore other areas and get the hell out of the high peaks um and that's a i mean it's a big reason i put the 
Niner Challenge together. I mean, so I put it together after in 2018 in May. It was a big, it was a big hiking month for me. I finished <laughs> the Sixer, and then I created the Lake Placid Niner, and then uh, started hiking the High Peak. So, uh, I shouldn't say I start, started hiking. I guess like officially started them. So I, I had already done five or six of them just like in my life, just here and there, but I didn't count any of those. I redid all of them. Um, and I'd done Cascade like 10 times, but I had only done Porter <laughs> zero times up until that point to give, to give you an idea of uh, how many times I did Porter, but without Cascade or Cascade without Porter. Dude, tell me, tell me about this uh, Niner thing a little bit more. So I've like, sure. I've like seen the patch a couple time uh, times on Instagram and mm-hmm. you know seen the name, but I don't know any of the mountains. I have no honestly, sure. I didn't even know that you were the one that started it to be honest until this conversation. So I'd love to That's hear about that. Totally cool. Um, not about me. It's about hiking those mountains. That's great. Um, so the Lake Placid Niner, LakePlacidNiner.com, if you want all the information. Uh, it's a hiking challenge I put together, basically. Because I knew and I saw how many people were going up. I went and hiked in May. I went and hiked um, uh, Phelps and Tabletop. And I saw the amount of people going up Marcy. I couldn't believe the amount of people going up Marcy completely unprepared in even the smallest, even like any sense of the word. Um, and I just couldn't believe it. And I remember talking to different people and nobody could name any mountain. No locals can name any mountains in the Adirondacks. As far as Lake Placid locals, most are going to name Marcy, Mount Joe. And uh, that's about it. That's pretty much like <laughs> the only mountains that built out or maybe Cascade. Some people know about Cascade. Not even like Algonquin? No, most, most locals. That's like right there. Mount, Jesus Christ. Most locals can tell you Mount Marcy or Mount Joe. But um, basically I was like, man, there's just, there's so many more mountains to explore and there's people need kind of this incentive around this area in Lake Placid in particular. So I put together the Lake Placid Niner challenge, but um, being kind of a, a visionary and a creative person, um, I had like a, a rhyme and reason to what I was putting together with that challenge because knowing what the Saranac Lake Sixer was and it's just kind of just like a just an assortment of mountains in that kind of general area. So basically what I did was I wanted to build a challenge and um, this kind of goes with my, so I'm very into um, strength training, you know, with weights and the sport of powerlifting in general. And with training, um, I kind of have, I follow a philosophy or a way of thinking with training, which is like, just add five pounds to the bar, you know, after every few weeks, add five pounds to the bar, add five pounds to the bar. So five pounds in the grand scheme of things is not very much. But when you, when you calculate that over six months, it's Mm -hmm. a lot, it's a lot. You've gained a lot of strength at that point and you've gone far. So I took that same idea with this challenge and I said, um, and, you know, talking with the DEC person about how much, how many times they have to go rescue people on the high peaks. And I was like, all those things combined, I was like, okay, I'm going to put together a little hiking challenge. But the, what I want to do is it's going to build on itself. So basically I said, I want to take the smaller non-high peaks mountains around this general area. Um, basically my kind of criteria was they have to be either in Lake Placid or one town over. So two of them are in Wilmington or in that general area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cat- Catamount is one of them, which might not technically, isn't technically Wilmington, but more or less it is. Um, and then the other two are, other three are in Keene. 
um, you know, one town over on both sides. So basically I was like, I want mountains that you can hike, hike the smallest one first, and then one that's a little bit bigger and ones that's a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And then by the end, after you've done all nine, um, you are very ready to go actually confidently and, um, successfully start tackling the high peaks. Yeah, so that's pretty much yeah. what I put to, that's the big reason I put it together. And, um, it's done exactly that. I mean, the amount of people who have told me they wanted to start hiking, they wanted to try it. They didn't know where to start. They did the Niner based on the website suggesting, you know, like if you're new to hiking, here's the order you should do them in and boom, boom, boom. And now they're, now they're trying to hike the high peaks or they're just much more confident when they actually want to go out there and want to try exploring other areas or other mountains. So it's done that very well. Um, people seem to like it. The, the nine mountains are, so the, the ones in Lake Placid are Cobble Hill, Mount Van Hovenberg, which is my favorite summit in the Adirondacks is Mount Van Hovenberg, uh, Mount Mount Joe and Pitchoff. Pitchoff is the only mountain in the Sentinel Range that has um, has an actual trail up it. And that's right next to, right across the street, basically from Cascade. I was going to say, I feel like I've driven by that like trailhead yeah. before, like seen that on a sign before. Yeah, it's the it, the Cascade parking is also like the right by that parking. super sketchy, windy, narrow part of what is yeah. it like seventy three? Seventy three, yeah. That's the that's the uh, the Cascades. It's called, which is the Cascade Lake. Gotcha, so gotcha. Right across. Um, so it's Mount Joe, Cobble Hill, Mount Van Hovenberg, Pitchoff, and then in Wilmington, it's Bear Den Mountain, which is right at Whiteface. Um, so that you park literally at Whiteface and there's an awesome little mountain there and you have an amazing view of the actual mount of Whiteface when you get to the top. And then Catamount Mountain, which is um, in the Wilmington area as well, which is a super um, kind of hidden gem of a mountain. A lot of people had no idea about that mountain. It's really its own kind of animal and it's awesome. And then over in Keene, there's Hurricane Mountain, which had a fire tower, which I wanted to have a mountain that has a fire tower since that's a big Adirondack Yeah, thing. man. Um, and then uh, Baxter Mountain and Big Crow, which are two, like, two smaller mountains. And they're all, those those two are very close to Hurricane. Those three in Keene are within, like, a couple miles of each other in a little cool. triangle. Um, so basically, that's what I put together, those nine mountains in. It's, uh, it's, it's done exactly what i envisioned it would do and it's grown tremendously there's over 500 finishers now nice dude since since just 2018 you said right since in july 2018 is when i launched it so i had like a lot of i had a lot of um um a lot of time developing it so and i had the idea in may and then i developed it and i hiked the mountains and i different mountains as I was like developing and trying out which mountains I want to include in this challenge. I, you know, I hiked so many different ones that I said, okay, this, I don't want to use this because it's, you know, like not close enough. It's too far or this one, this is too, too, you know, confusing. So many people will be asking me the questions about this and it will be, it will be too much of a problem. Like if you're sending people, especially in my opinion, what I was trying to do is sending newer people, even though like the most experienced of experienced hikers also do the Niner because it's just fun to do. It's something yeah, yeah, to yeah. Do. Um, but if I'm sending newer people out on the trail, I want the trails to be super obvious, but at the same time, I wanted them to also have to kind of start to think for themselves and figure stuff out, which so you is what put, Catamount so you, was. So you put a lot of time into choosing these mountains, which oh yeah, big which, time. Which is cool because I feel like if I were to come up with a peak bagging list, I would probably just like 
fucking get out a map and just like circle some, some shit and just be like sure. all right this is the list but I, I i think that's awesome and i think it's awesome how it sounds like you you you're catering this list to you know beginner hikers and again like anybody mm-hmm. can hike it obviously and i'm sure lots of experienced people do hike it as you just mentioned but but that, that's that's cool it's almost like a stepping stone to work up for or work up to the the 36 which is that's exactly I think, what it is yeah. i think that's so cool man i gotta cool. i gotta ask like because i've never talked to not even on the show but just like at any point i've never talked to anyone who's came up with like a peak backing list like this mm-hmm. so i don't know like what is what is like uh you know you've talked about how you decided on the mountains like what do you do next like how do you get the word out there i mean you said over 500 people have already completed yeah. it which is freaking insane dude like just like what's the process there and like how do people like tell me about the application process and like sure. just running like running this challenge how do you run this challenge sure um so yeah i took all the time to develop it and make sure you know basically you know, you know you're basically running a, a little business you know there's no like you're not making any money it's just something you're doing for the love of the right, game right. you kind of have to run it like a business you know um so you know i i sunk all the money you know over a thousand dollars of my money into the, the startup of the challenge you know you got to order patches and stickers and i ordered a bunch of i you know made a bunch of print stuff to hang around town and go hang at the lodge and little brochures with all the information um of the challenge and including like you know gps trailhead coordinates on that little postcard that you get in one of those brochure cap brochure rack you know like i did a lot of that sort of stuff uh, i'm a big photoshop guy so as far as design and doing all that stuff it was you know that was very fun and second nature to me did, did you so you must have designed your uh, your podcast artwork too yeah yeah, I mean, all that stuff. You did a great job yeah. with that, man. That Thank looks you. awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, that sort of thing is I enjoy. I have a good time. And there's other, there's been um, – so after, as I put that together, it's getting as far as getting the word out, so I had like print stuff that I hung up around town, and that was all I was going to do. And then um, I was hiking so – that, so that was the middle of July is when I launched it. And in July, I ran into a – dude who eventually has become a good friend of mine named Eli. Um, Eli Carlton is his name. He, I ran into him coming down from the four corners after hiking Marcy. And I had met Eli the week prior on top of Colvin. So he was like the first time I'm running into a person that I've met twice on the trail, like randomly. So we started talking and this and that. And I had just actually like officially launched the Lake Placid Niner, and I knew he had a Lake George 12 stir, which is another challenge. He had a patch on his backpack. So I was like, hey, dude, I know you're hiking the high peaks, and when you're done, you should, you should, you know, try out this new challenge that I just launched. They're great mountains. They're all in this general area. It's called the Lake Placid Niner, and I told him about it. We talked for a minute, like, on the trail as they were about to get to Four Corners, and I was heading to Gray. Um, and then he said, yeah, dude, you should post about it in, on he called it the Facebook page. And I said, I don't know what that is. What is, and I'm not like a big Facebook guy. He goes, the Facebook page, you know, you know, the hiking Facebook page. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he goes, the Adirondack, I think at the time it was called the uh, Aspiring, Aspiring 46 yeah, yeah. page, but I think now it's called, now it's called the Backcountry, Adirondack Backcountry Hikers page. Yep. He goes, yeah, dude, there's like 20,000 people on that page. I said, holy crap. I had no idea that even 20,000 people had heard of the Adirondack. So yeah. amazing. Uh, so anyway, so I posted on that and then like, that was probably the best thing. I mean, I think like 500 people liked it and this and that. And at that point, that was where it was like, it spread really quickly. And 
at that point now, you know, every week there's people posting pictures of their Lake Placid Niner and they're doing this. So like, it's kind of, I don't advertise it anymore. Like I was at the beginning, that was a huge help. It's kind of like you just, you know, you, you started the fire and then it just kind of exploded. Yeah. And it, I mean, Which I would say awesome. exploded, well, but I, well, I think I would say exploded in the sense of like as much as a small little hiking challenge and yeah, yeah, little yeah. Adirondack mountains will do for sure. 100%. Which, is, which is so cool, dude. That's, that's honestly so cool. Um, and it really, speaks really to, it. it really speaks to like how much of an influence like social media has had on the hiking community for better, or for worse. I think for better, for the most part, I mean, that, that's like, I don't know. Okay. So, so the application process. So I think a, a minute ago or a few minutes ago, you said that people like send you applications. Is that what I heard? Uh, right. Just like a, you send your registration in the same way, you know, if you hike the high peaks, you send your 46 er registration in or, um, any of these hiking challenges, you mm-hmm. basically send it, you print it out, send it in. Um, send in 10 bucks, which pays for the patch and the shipping and the sticker and the, the whole shebang. Um, and then I send you the patch and maybe you put it on your pack. Maybe you don't. I'm not really a patch on my backpack kind of guy, but I hope other people are. So they put the Niner patch on their back. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that that's uh, that's what it's about. And uh, it's done very well. It's, it's really fun to run. And you know, a lot of people might be like, man, this dude... You know, he's, he started a hiking challenge, you know, like a couple months after he started hiking, you know, what an asshole, who does he think he is? But I am just a big advocate of kind of fixing problems that I can't seem to find the answer to myself. So if I can't find the answer, I, I do it myself. So I was trying to come up with a way like, okay, so I grew up in these mountains. I grew up living in this town, looking at all these mountains every day. Um, but yet the idea of how to like six to get into them and start exploring them without and i've you know i've i've been hearing dec search and rescue stories my whole life so i was that was always in the back of my mind was like don't become one of the dudes on those emails the dec sends out to people that people are yeah, always talking yeah. about the search and rescue don't be on that list so i'm i know i have been back in my mind but i was like i want a way that you can successfully build and you know get confident and get comfortable out there uh, like I was talking to you about like the strength training thing, adding five pounds at a time to the bar. And that's pretty much why I was like, okay, this is how something like this needs to be put together because, and I had hiked, you know, the six in Saranac Lake and this and that, but none of those, those are just like random mountains put together. I wanted something specifically to build on itself. And that's, that's the reason I went with the approach that I took to putting this challenge together. Yeah, and, man. Uh, and, and it works in the summer and it works in the winter. It's like, you know, if you're an avid hiker in the summer, it doesn't mean anything once the snow comes. You know, it's a totally different animal. So in the same regard, you want to try out winter hiking? Well, great. Start small. Do this mountain. Do this one. Do that one. You're going out there longer. You're going farther mileage. Higher up, different conditions. You know, you start to really dial in your your layering and this and that. And uh, yeah, it, it works in the same regard for that. And it's been phenomenal in that because of that. And then also too, you get the ultra people who are absolutely obsessed. So with that sort I was of thing. I was about to ask you about that next, kind of pivoting away from uh, the the more beginner aspect of the challenge. Like I, yeah. I was curious if um because it is relatively new, if if anybody had gone for like the uh, the FKT yet. Uh, so the fastest known time time is Jay Whitbourne is his name. Uh, he's like a big ultra hiker. Um, he did it in 11 hours and 27 minutes. And <laughs> that includes that includes drive time. And That's I think, crazy. I think the driving involved in it 
I don't remember the mileage, but like driving from Saranac Lake, I'm sorry, Saranac Lake, driving from Keene through Lake Placid and then over to Catamount, you know, past Wilmington a little bit. There's a lot of driving, but if you know, you can another with the ultra, you know, you obviously pair, you put them together as far as like you hike these ones and then you drive to from to each trailhead, like in order to make it, you know, mm-hmm. make sense. And there's no driving back. Once you get off the last trail trail, you're done. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he did the whole thing in 11 hours and um, 27 minutes. And it, it is uh, just over 30 miles, and it's just over 10,000 feet of elevation gain. So, so pretty similar to the Ultra Sixer, then, huh? Yeah, uh, it's a little, it's a little, uh, little longer. But also, too, from everyone who I've spoken to, and I mean, we have dozens of people who have done the Ultra. We have a um, a few people who have done the Winter Ultra now, um, five or <laughs> six Winter Ultra. So not a ton of Winter That's Ultra people. Crazy. Uh, what people have told me is they've said that the Niner Ultra is more difficult than any of the other challenges due to the fact that you're in the car and out of the car nine different times. Like that yeah. is what becomes. Yeah, Whereas really. like, you know, the Lake George 12 starts 40 miles, but there's there's one hike that's like, I think, five peaks. So it's like you, you, you grab five in one hike, you know, like a normal, you know, going along the range sort of thing. And then in the Saranac, with the Saranac Lake Sixer, um, two of the mountains connect and you hit those in one hike. And then, so you're still getting in the car five times with the Sixer, but some of the mountains between the Sixer are like a minute apart. So mm-hmm. it's not, it's not as difficult, not as difficult for the mind in that regard, but with the Niner, yeah, you're in and out nine different times. So that tends to be the point where people are like, I could easily just call it a day right now and yeah, not get out of the car. It becomes a, a mental game at that point. Dude, and that's, it's not something I've that's done crazy. Yet, Eventually, I'll eventually I'll do it. I feel like I probably should do it eventually, but that's why I'm going to I'm going to start with the Sixer as far as an ultra goes, due to uh, due to what people have told me that the Niner Ultra was a little more challenging in that regard. So I'm going to start with the Sixer. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that, that's that's crazy. And again, I've never done never done an ultra run or whatever FKT, but um, I can I can see like having to get in and out of the car so many extra times, like making a difference. So that's. That's pretty crazy, dude. I wanna I wanna ask you a little bit more about your podcast. So, you know, I, I haven't listened a ton, but I see people recommending it in those those same Facebook groups you were talking about a few minutes ago quite often. And I have kind of snooped around a little bit, listened to you know various bits and pieces of of episodes. And I know the concept is kind of switching a little bit, but um, the original concept is pretty unique. I think you know certainly for the Adirondacks, but even just for hiking in general, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, at least the, uh, again, the original episodes were not like this podcast or not like sure. a, an interview podcast um, where you're talking about lots of different stuff. Um, why don't you just go ahead and, and talk a little bit more about what your podcast is. And then I kind of want to, want to get into, you know, some of the inspiration behind it, why you did it sure. and all that stuff. Or some, it's called the 46 of 46 podcast. Um, and I put it together. So it's basically, it's a narrative trip report style podcast. It's just me. Um, and as you mentioned, it's starting to change as of recently, I started adding new, a new format of episodes, which I called the summit sessions where it's like this show where we're just, I'm bringing on a guest and we're talking about different subjects. Um, that was in a, just to add more content to the show, but, um, what the series really is, is it's trip reports where I kind of go through different mountains and what I saw, how long it took me to get it, 
information about this mountain and I do it in kind of like a storytelling type of manner. Um, that those are the type of podcasts that I generally listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what kind of what made sense to me. And I basically, all I was planning to do was I wanted to tell, I always thought a documentary about, you know, someone's 46 or journey start to finish, you know, for me growing up in Lake Placid, obviously you hear about it nonstop all the time and you know, dozens of 46ers <laughs> and it's always like a really cool thing when someone's a 46 and you're like, man, that's cool. I always thought it'd make an amazing documentary. And so after I did it, I was like, man, I should just turn this into, um, the story start to finish into a podcast because I'm a, I'm an audio guy by profession. That's what I do for work. How oh, I make cool. a living. Okay. So that's another reason why that made sense for me. But I wanted something knowing that, and you know, from you know, running the Lake Placid Niner. Um, so basically, I finished the forty. I started the forty six in the summer of twenty eighteen, and I finished September third of twenty eighteen. And then in November, I started to create the podcast. So basically. I said, I want to, I know everyone drives up here on the weekend. You know, I had been running the Niner for a few months at that point. And I know like the weekend is when everyone comes up to hike. So I was like, man, wouldn't it be cool if somebody could listen to a story about somebody hiking these mountains? Because I know everyone listens to podcasts when they're driving. Yeah. So I was like, they could listen to this. They're going to come up here and hike Giant and Rocky Peak Ridge. So why not be able to listen to someone else's story hiking giant and Rocky peak Ridge? That would be cool. Um, so basically I just decided to put it together and I, I just kind of put my brain back into each hike started at the beginning with cascade and Porter back in, um, the beginning of the beginning of the summer of July of 2018, excuse me. And, um, I just kind of told my story and the mileage and what I remembered. And during the, my hiking, I, I made a little log, you know, nothing major, just, you know, I'd write like a couple little paragraphs in my phone and a little note about like what the hike was like, what trails I went to. And now if this was cool, I put a little note. So I had some information before, but then I pretty much just put my mind back to those hikes. And it was shocking the amount of information that would kind of come back to you once you put your brain back in that place. Yeah. I, I wrote it all out and then I recorded the episodes and one by one recorded them and added music and added sounds and all this jazz to it to music and to... sounds oh damn that's uh that's fancy yeah. that's fancy Dude, well, i mean i, I got sound you... designed it so i mean yeah, i yeah, wanted yeah. i wanted it to feel like you're on the trail so you know it's like you're sitting at your office you're sitting in traffic going to work and i was like i want to be able to take somebody out of that element you know mentally and make them feel like they're on the trail so i have music and i have sound effects that I, you know, I recorded while I'm hiking of, you know, footsteps and rivers and all that jazz. So I basically kind of wanted to create a world where you're transformed to the Adirondacks um, via your ears. So that's what I did. And my original intent, my original intent with the podcast was um, I just wanted to have my whole 46er story documented um, for me to listen to and to like think back to, it's like, cool, I have this. This is like, I can always remember this. This will be awesome. And then I was like, I could put this out and people could listen to it. And, uh, you know, the mountains aren't really going to change. So in years from now, the podcast will be just as relevant. You know, these episodes will be just as relevant as anything else. Mm -hmm. So I was originally planning to just put out the 17 episodes, which was just like another way for someone to be like, cause I'd always see people posting questions or asking questions about how to group this or how to group that. It's like, well, now you can listen to this yeah, podcast start yeah. to finish. 
you can each each oh, that's, episode that's so true each episode is one day hike so and i did them all you know via day hikes i didn't camp because again i live right there so i'd rather just hike out and go eat something hot at home and go to sleep in my bed um <laughs> so that's what i did and each episode is a day hike so it's like you can see how i paired it and just listen to my story and i thought it was like there nobody's nobody everyone you know there's trip report blogs and stuff you can read but nothing out there existed in the sense of like hearing a hearing a story start to finish and that's what i wanted to do so that's how i put it together the Dude, way i did such a good idea i, I gotta Thank say you. there's a lot of people that listen to the show that um hike in the white mountains frequently mm-hmm. and as far as i know there's nothing like this that exists for the whites so anybody listening out there unless unless that does exist and i just don't know about it um you should somebody listening that hikes in the whites like you should make this for the white mountains like it's such a good idea absolutely like, rip that shit off like i don't even care and uh like do that for the whites and dude i, I gotta ask you because you know like i said I, I haven't really listened to like a full episode through how do you like actually record a full episode just talking about like one day of hiking because i i do these patreon bonus episodes mm-hmm. and a long time ago now it was like one of my first ones if i recall correctly my idea for the bonus episode was to just talk about, like, a couple of the hikes I had done, like, in the White Mountains, I think it was. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I, you know, I'll just talk about my hike. And then I went through and I started, like, talking about these hikes that I'd been on. And the episode kind of fucking sucked because I was just like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just parked here and then I hiked here. And yep. at the end, I was like, you know what, that it sounded great in my head, but it didn't actually, like, sure. I don't think it was actually that interesting. So, so the story, the storytelling obviously is a huge part of it. So just kind of, like, take me through an episode for instance like what do you talk about to kind of fill the time and and make it entertaining sure um so i i work in the film industry that's what i do for work so i'm kind of always around this idea of storytelling it's just kind of like engraved in my brain sure sure um so when i first had the idea of doing the podcast and, and i should say another thing so as i mentioned i was originally planning to just do at least the high peak, my, my 46er journey start to finish. This is it. Here you go, everyone. Um, I released it. When I released it, I released it every episode at once, you know, Netflix style. Here you go. Binge it. Listen to my story start to finish. Enjoy. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> after I did that, I just constantly was getting messages from people asking for more episodes and more content. I was like, okay, I guess I'll just keep doing it. Why? I mean, I'm still hiking, so I could easily just do it. So naturally the next progression because i released it in march um of last year so at, at that point i had been winter hiking and i the first it was the first winter of the lake blast and niner being ex- in existence so i was like okay i guess season two if you want to call it that will be the winter lake blast and niner why not so i did i did a new season of that my hiking that and from there i've just continued doing more and more episodes different hikes different mountains and i just keep doing it and now i'm adding other content but that's how I, that was my original plan. So when I originally started to do it, I was just like, I'm just going to tell people about my story. So I recorded an episode and it was me just saying what I did. And I found it was just rambling so much and rambling and rambling. And I decided I hated it. So then I was like, okay. And editing these, those episodes too, in a podcast form, it's like, you want it to sound right and sound smooth and sound good. And so it just became so much editing. So I decided what I decided the best way to do was to, be to write out the story. So I wrote out my story. I wrote out what I did, what I saw. And from there, you can really think about how you want to portray and how you want to tell the story of the mm-hmm. day. And you can really think about it as opposed to just kind of going off the cuff. 
and you can you know carve it and you know make it what you want to sculpt it the way it should be and you can add these storytelling elements and add this this storyline and this and that and make this funny or you know whatever and uh then i started adding sounds and it was really nice that i released them when it was done because if i would have released the first episode when it was finished it would have been trash and it's like if the first episode sucks and the second episode's like sucks but it's kind of that you know you, you got you lost people but if you release them all at once and you've at that point it took me four months to create season one basically um so at that point it's like the show had molded itself by the end and it's like now everything's consistent and dialed in and um it was a better product in a sense when mm -hmm. i put it out and which i was i'm still i'm like when i put it out i was about 90 percent happy with it now when i listen to the first season i'm like 50% happy with it. I think the episodes that I'm, I've been putting out lately, um, my most recent hikes and stuff, I've incorporated new elements and, you know, continually progressing it. And making always, it better. yeah, always. Yeah, you like, like, get better. 50% happy with your first episodes is pretty good. When I, yeah, I, I right. literally <laughs> cannot even listen to my first episodes of this shit. And, and my guests are fine, but like from my end, like especially the introductions, dude, oh my God, I cringe. Like I, yeah. it, I've said this before on, on Trail Tales, but it kills me that like my second most downloaded episode of all time is like my first episode because it's just like it's so bad. Anyways, dude, <laughs> dude, it's, <laughs> I know that it's such a good idea, and I Thank just you. from just from snooping around, um, you know, not even just Facebook, but all social media, Reddit, like all this stuff. Like people fucking love your podcast, dude. Like, oh, thank like, you. People, people love that stuff, and I just think it's it's almost like you know, I'm I'm hesitant to make this comparison, so let me explain. But it's almost like a, or at least the idea, anyways. It's almost like a, a vlog in that you're it's like one episode dedicated to like encapsulating is that yeah yeah and en encapsulating mm -hmm. one one whole hiking experience. It's not a vlog in that it's like, you know, weird and cringy and YouTube, I guess. Obviously it's better produced, but um yeah, it's just like a podcast that's dedicated to capturing one hiking experience. It's it's so different than this, obviously. Um, so I, I just think it's such a cool idea, man. And thank um, you. The Adirondacks are like the perfect avenue for that as well, or any peak bagging. Especially list like that. with you know the popularity that yeah, I mean you know this is a peak bagging area. You know, I mean there's through hikes, but uh, for the most part, this is a peak bagging. Oh yeah. You know, area due to the uh, you know there's over two thousand trails up mountains within like you know a hundred miles as the crow flies. So you know it's like that makes sense and it's so popular and you know, people are always driving up here and this sort of thing didn't exist i mean there still isn't really an adirondack specific podcast mm -hmm. um so I mean, foot, other, I, foot stuff foot, is close stuff but i know they don't is, just do yeah exactly stuff. they're like the closest thing and people love that show people and it's do the closest thing <laughs> um but yeah they there wasn't like a let's talk about the adirondacks because the foot stuff dudes they have you know they have like a national audience so yeah you know, the adirondacks element would you know might not make sense to other people mm -hmm. um if they got like really specific on subjects, but I figured, you know, this is such a big market as far as what people love. Um, you know, people who love the Adirondacks are freaking obsessed with it. Oh yeah. So that's why, you know, that's why it made sense to, to, to do that. And I also second what you said when you told people to do it, to do my kind of format about the white mountains. I could not recommend someone ripping off my show enough. I want to be <laughs> able to listen to other people's stories. I'm so sick of, telling my stories i wanted to listen to someone else's hike so bad um yeah i would love to be able to listen have to you uh, have you been stories. over there at all 
I've never hiked over there now. Oh, dude, you're uh, you're in for a treat. You'll be well prepared too. I'll tell you that much. Cool, cool. Because cool. uh, obviously the two the two areas, as someone who's hiked you know pretty extensively in both mm-hmm. areas, they're uh, they're very similar. I'm, it's perfect here in Burlington. I can get to both areas in about the same amount of time. Sure, it's it's, sure. it's sweet, man. Let's do um. I'm not gonna call it rapid fire because you don't have to give like a one word answer. But I just want to go through like a couple questions like relatively quick here, and then we'll get to a story because we're getting towards the end here. Um. So I, I guess we'll start favorite favorite high peak and why. If I know it's probably like choosing your favorite kid, but I'm just curious. Sure. Um, favorite high peak summit and view would be Algonquin. Um, okay, I just love okay. it. It's, I think it's I think it's the most recognizable peak in the Adirondacks, and it's just like that kind of epic mountain. My favorite actual hike up though is definitely not an Algonquin. There's just so many just jumping from giant rocks to giant rocks. And by the time <laughs> you're at the top, I'm like, I just don't, I want to walk on dirt for so, so badly. But my favorite hike up is giant via the, um, the Ridge trail. I like that, how it constantly comes out into the views and then goes back in the woods. Then it comes out and you constantly have views throughout like the whole hike. So Dude, you're, be you're bringing me back. I did both of those when I was like a freshman in college. That was like 2014, long time ago mm-hmm. now. Um, so I'll have to go back and hit those. Those are some of the first ones I did. I think for me, favorite would be Gothics. I did that one probably okay. 2015, so another old one. But I just remember the cables being super fun. Sure, and then, sure. I did all mine during the summer, by the way. Um, cool. And then or fall, but yeah, not not winter. And then yeah, I think favorite favorite hike wise, I don't know. They were all pretty. They were all they were all fine, or they were all like death marches. So not right. not <laughs> basically not Allen. Um, not the Santanoni. Yes, Santanonis. I can't. Yep. My Vermonter accent's coming out. No T's. Um, but yeah, something, something like that. Okay. Um, favorite. So this is this is a great question for you specifically because you're mm-hmm. a local. Favorite place to get a meal after a hike in the high peaks. <laughs> if <laughs> besides your house, besides your house. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. I will say this that. I mean, I have no idea if anyone listening has heard my show before, but I constantly get messages from people saying, I'm also with you. Dude, I talk constantly on my show about wanting to go to McDonald's as soon as I'm Oh, dude, I like, fuck with McDonald's. Like, <laughs> I know just, some people I just, are like, oh, like fast food, but I'm, yeah, I'm all about well, that. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I totally understand your vibe with not wanting to eat fast food. But at the end of like a hike, dude, there's nothing I want more than just something greasy and salty and, you know, like, like mcdonald's um but as far as like an actual food goes i i mean any i just want a burger that's all i want a juicy burger and french fries so i'll take it literally from anywhere but uh, mcdonald's seems to be quick i have destroyed many mcdoubles at the tupper lake and the saranac lake mcdonald's before so i'm with you on that one straight up um let's see how about how about uh least favorite high peak Mm. um and this will this will go. Uh, this will be also explained more in my story. Um, but uh, I would I put Cliff as my least favorite high peak on my forty six er registration. Really? But so I know I, I remember Cliff and Redfield go together. But honestly, I can't yeah. even remember which which one was which. Honestly, that was, yeah, that was sure. Redfield goes <laughs> Redfield goes up the river like, the whole time. You're in the river pretty much the whole time going up, and then Cliff is just an absolute bastard uh but i'll tell that story at the end okay okay cool yeah dude when i when i so i i dragged my 46 out quite a bit i did my first like three when i was a senior in high school and then Mm -hmm. i did my final one in like august of 2019 so obviously it spanned pretty much my entire college 
time and then some. And a number of the high peaks I did, because I was at Clarkson, so not super far away from the Adirondacks, sure. from the high peaks, a number of them I would do on Saturday mornings. And as you know, and as a lot of people know that, that are listening to this, you you have to get to the trailheads way too fucking early in the Adirondacks. Sure. And so, and I was also in a fraternity and living in my fraternity <laughs> house at the time. And, and one of my friends that was in the fraternity, we would like, you know, do our thing on Friday. You know, I wouldn't go super crazy, but you know, you live in a fraternity house. There's literally a party going on in the fucking basement of the house you live in. So I wasn't exactly sleeping a ton. And then sure. we would wake up at like four in the morning to go do these hikes to try to get to the trailhead. And so a number of these and Cliff and Cliff and Redfield are, are one of the hikes that falls into this category. I I swear to God I like don't even remember anything like not mm-hmm. not because I was like like drunk or anything I was sober by the time we went but just because I had no sleep and as you know like those are kind of death marches too so you're oh, <laughs> they're yeah. long they're difficult hikes so and yeah. and you know they kind of blend together <laughs> after a while so a lot of these hikes I'm like I know I did it but I just don't really remember that much from it so that's sure. that's kind of funny and that's um, another thing that's <laughs> another thing with my podcast that I find interesting it's like people constantly say when it doesn't everything blend together and you're like it does until you break it down and you start to think about that hike and then it's truly shocking what you can remember about you know it's like it's like you, you hike a mountain for the second time and you're like <laughs> dude i remember using this literally grabbing this branch to climb up this mountain or i remember this ledge it's like it's really it's really funny how stuff can actually start to you start to remember things um but it, it is also easy for things to just completely blend together 100%. All right. So this is this is my last question uh, before we get mm-hmm. into the story. Um, and I feel like you might, ha- might have a particularly valuable opinion on this because you're a local again. Um, and this is rap- – well, quote, rapid fire too. So, sure. like, you know, I, I'm not going to have you go into – Total details. So if anybody listening, you know, don't don't give him shit if you disagree with this. Please, but, um, please give me shit. <laughs> or, message or, me. I love don't be a to dick. I'll say like that. This. I'll say that. I'll say that. I would love to have a conversation about anything. With don't be a dick about this. But anyways, um, the overcrowding issue in the Adirondacks. Mm-hmm. What's a uh, what's I don't say the solution. I feel like it's not that cut and dry. But what is what is the direction you would like to to or how would you like to see um, that? resolved hopefully if that makes sense or, or just sure. a step in the right direction we'll we'll keep it we'll keep it high level i could do an entire episode with you on this I'm subject su- i'm sure I'm very, you could dude. i'm, I'm sure very uh, i'll get very heated about this subject uh, i don't think there's an overuse i think the word overuse is stupid um i don't think there's a problem um yes this is a such a big popular place now and there's so many people coming uh the people there's a product that exists here and people want it so these towns, they only exist from tourism. Take it away, and these towns are nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lake Placid can survive somewhat without. I mean, Lake Placid can survive without hiking. Half of these towns cannot survive without hiking. Yeah, man. Um, so it's a good thing that people are coming up and they want to use these towns. The problem is there is the parking is what the problem is. Yeah, that's we that's actually to, so true. Like right after you said, you know, it's not an overuse problem. I was like, he's kind of right. It's more of a, a parking problem, I guess, an access and that's problem. That's the problem, and you know. That's the problem. And also, we need we people will pay for a shuttle. You granted the shuttle should start before seven o'clock in the freaking morning. Um, I, I people give me crap sometimes about my show about how I tell people they need to start too early. I personally tend to start at four or four thirty when I'm hiking the high peaks. It's only <laughs> because I like to I like to be done earlier. You yeah. know what I mean? I like to be done in the middle of the afternoon as opposed to like after dinner. 
Um, so that's just the kind of my opinion. And, and I also, I, I always say, uh, miles in the dark don't count. So I like to start <laughs> in the dark, but I don't think there's an overuse problem. There's a lot of people up on these mountains and uh, but it's not stopping them from going up there. They don't, I mean, people might prefer if there was not 75 people on top of Cascade when they get there, but it's not stopping them from going up. So clearly it's not like a problem. Um, the trails weren't designed for the amount of use that they're getting right now. Of course, obviously the trails are going to constantly need to be fixed and, you know, dealt with and that involves money and, you know, New York state has no money. So there's a whole episode here about this subject, but overall, I do not feel there's a problem uh, with overuse or overcrowded. Um, I think there's a problem with not being able to accommodate the people who want to come up here with parking, with ways to get to the mountain so that you can get them off the road and, you know, alleviate. Obviously, there's a problem with people parking along the road at Giant and at Cascade. We get it. Um, but other than that, you know, I think that we have enough enough space to clear out a few more parking lots in the mm -hmm. woods. You know, we can sacrifice a few trees, people. We've got a lot of them. Uh, so that's kind of how I feel. And I just think, like, you need to accommodate and, and welcome people to come here. You know, it's, in, like, a business sense, you want people to come use the mountains and you want them to use it respectfully and you want them to use it, you know, in the manner that they should be using it. And on top of that, as far as the overcrowded nature goes, I think one of the bigger problems is how do you get, and I'll be rapid fire about this, how do you get the casual user to want to respect these mountains yeah, and want that's... to respect what this, you know, amazing wild park is that we call the Adirondacks. You know, it's like if you come up here once a year, twice a year, you might not have a problem throwing your shit on the ground and trash and like, because out of sight, out of mind. But if you're if you're up here all the time, you know you're you're never going to do that. You're going to pick that asshole's trash up. Of course. Um, you know it's like how do you instill in these casual users the desire to treat it with with respect and keep it what it is? I think that is the bigger challenge. And obviously, education, quote unquote, is how you do that. But Telling some nobody needs to be told they shouldn't throw their trash on the ground. You know that. The real question is: is how do you get people to want to not throw their trash on the ground? Yeah, man. Uh, I think I think that is really where it comes down to, and that that's a that's a whole other episode, dude. For sure, for sure. And we should definitely do another episode, by the way, because sure. I feel like uh, I feel like yeah, we we could have plenty to talk about. It is everything you just said there sounds pretty uh, pretty reasonable and and good to me honestly if, if and you're i not, would love for people to tell me i'm wrong and let's talk and explain why there is a conversation going on about it. If, if you're listening and you're not like a, an adirondack hiker and you're not really sure what we're talking about you might be thinking like oh you know hiking is just more popular now there's more people there um and that's true everywhere white mountains appalachian trail everywhere national parks you know but the the problem in the adirondacks more specifically is that like you cannot get a fucking parking spot at a lot of these trailheads. Um, and, and when I say the Adirondacks, I should be more the, the high peaks, the, the high, high peaks, peaks region of the yeah. Adirondacks. Um, especially you know weekends, holidays. I mean, there's just uh, people flock to these mountains. And unlike the Whites, you know the Whites have a couple like popular trailheads that that fill up and stuff. But a lot of the 48 in the Whites are more spread out. So you know a lot of them have their own trailheads. You know, you'll just, you know, one or one or two peaks to each trailhead versus the Adirondacks. Kind of like I, I said at the beginning of the episode, there's really only six or seven major trailheads that you access all the peaks from. So that's, it's just, it's, it's a, it's just a big parking problem basically. Anyways, dude. Yeah. We could, we could honestly do a whole, a whole episode on that. And we should, 
Um, I usually stay away from the more controversial topics, but uh, I I think that's a good one, and I think it's an important one too. Um, anyways, dude, let's uh let's do a story. Mm-hmm. I uh, I I didn't tell you ahead of time. Uh, I did tell you before we started recording, but I didn't give you enough time. But thankfully, for everyone listening, um, whenever I tell people about the story thing, especially when I don't tell them ahead of time, like I I didn't in this case. <laughs> It's usually either the the person is like, oh shit, like I, I don't I don't know what to do, like I gotta think about it, or they just instantly know which story they're gonna tell. And it sounds like James was in the uh, the second camp there. It sounds like you kind of had a story right uh, like on the top of your mind there. So uh, let's yeah, uh, let's sure. hear it. Story time. Well, I mean, I mean, I have a podcast where I tell my stories from the trail. So all of my stories, not all of them, but many of them tend to just be like in my brain because I've I've, t- I've, re- I've retold them. Uh, and this story tends to get people off. It's probably the most favorite episode. It's definitely the most downloaded episode. Um, so I, one day, so I did Marcy, Skylight, and Gray. And then I added Cliff and Redfield while I was standing on top of Marcy on a whim. I decided I'm going to go like Cliff and Redfield as well since I'm out here. Um, so that story, I mean, it was a long day. It ended up being... It ended up being 17 hours and I was by myself as well, 17 Damn. hours and 27 miles. So it was a, it was a monster day, but I, it was the first time I've ever gone through the floating logs and I went in. So in 2018, they were, you know, they were trash. They were not, they've been fixed since the floating logs. So the floating logs is a stretch of trail along the Lake Arnold trail. And if you're, you know, if you're not familiar with the Adirondacks, Mount Marcy is the tallest mountain in New York state. Um, Skylight, I think is Skylight and Gray are both top 10. I don't want to say which top 10 there. I can't remember off the top <laughs> of my head. I think Gray's eight and Skylight is four, I think. Anyway, so it's the three of the tallest mountains in the state. So that was my day. So going through the floating logs, so literally you're going through a bog and when there's rain, the water there is sometimes four feet deep and it's mucky and it's muddy. So there's literally logs and <laughs> floating on the water that you stand on to cross. It is exactly what it sounds like. It's since been, you know, like worked on and fixed and this and that. But there was one moment where I was literally surfing a log over this bog <laughs> to give you an idea. So I, you know, I stepped in the water and I got my, all my feet were all wet. And then after I got over it, I said, okay, I'm going to quickly change my socks since I hadn't even started hiking up yet. I was still doing the approach. And of course I go around the corner and turns out I'm like halfway through this bog. So then my now dry socks also just got wet immediately. So now all of my socks are soaked. So that was just terrible. So anyway, so I eventually get over the floating logs and I say, I am never coming back to this godforsaken stretch trail ever again. <laughs> I freaking hate it. And I, I let it be very well known in the in the podcast episode, Marcy Skylight, Greg Clip, and Redfield, how uh, how much I disliked it at the moment. But anyways, <laughs> so then I went up and I hiked uh, up uh, Skylight Gray, and then eventually ended on Marcy. And at that time, it was only eleven thirty. I was on top of Marcy at eleven thirty. I started that day at four thirty, and um, so it was before noon. The sun was shining. It was a beautiful day, and I said, "Man, I hated those floating logs." And I was like. Bike when I come back to do Cliff and Redfield next week, because at the time when I was hiking the high peaks, it was like I have this month where I'm not working. I'm dedicating as much time as I can to getting out here and hiking. So I had a goal that I was, you know, working towards. So time was of the essence in that regard. So I, I was looking, I was on top of Marcy and I could see Cliff and Redfield. And I was like, man, I know if I hike back down where I just came 
get off Marcy and then bang a left. It's, and I was looking at the map. I was like, it's only half a mile to the Cliff and Redfield Junction. And from there, you know, Cliff, I think, was a mile up and Redfield was 1.2 or something like that. So I said, so in my brain, I was like, oh, it's only another two and a half miles. Well, actually, no, asshole. you got to double that. It's actually five miles that you're adding on top of the day. Uh, but in my brain, it just didn't seem very long. Um, so I was talking to the summit steward on top of Marcy, and summit stewards are always up there in the summertime. They keep people off of the alpine vegetation, and they're just like employees that are up there doing God's work. Uh, love all the summit stewards and what you do. Great job. You should be paid more than you are. Um, anyways, so I'm talking to this one steward, and I said, what do you think about me adding Cliff and Redfield to the day? To the day? Does that sound crazy? And he goes, well, it is still early. It's pretty sunny. How good do you feel? And I go, I feel pretty okay. So he's like, I mean, it's not crazy. I mean, I could tell he was very hesitant to tell yeah, me it's yeah. a good idea. And understandably so. <laughs> of course, because it's already uh, it's already a 20-mile day um, just doing Marcy Skylake, Ray Cliff, and Redfield. So to add uh, two more high peaks to the day just like on a freaking whim is definitely something I also wouldn't have just told someone to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so he was hesitant. But anyway, so I call my wife. I say, hey, guess what? I'm, you know, it's 1130. I'm on top of Marcy. She knew that was the last hike of the day or last mountain of the day. I'm going to go add Cliff and Redfield since I'm already out here. and They're not far. So, you know, she has no idea. So she's like, all right, cool. <laughs> Keep me posted. You know, call me when you can. Let me know how it's going, whatever. So she then called her brother who is also a 46er and he's the dude who helped me uh, kind of map out where I'd go. And he was... At the time when I hiked the 46, he was the only person I know who hikes. So he was kind of who I'd bounce all my questions sure, off. Sure, sure. Um, and so he, you know, immediately got out his map and was like, so he's doing about a 27 mile day right now. So she was like, oh my God, what is he doing? What an idiot. And then, so anyway, so I get back down the mountain. I go, okay, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to, I'm going to hike down. So I start going back down and I get to the, I get off of Marcy. I go left start hiking over to hike cliff and redfield i get there i decide okay i'm going to do the longer mileage hike first to save the shorter mileage hike for the second so i went up redfield first and i was moving slow i was already moving slow and i was already out of food other than like your snacky stuff so like yeah, you know, yeah. lunch was gone and like the big bulkier food was gone all i had was like you know, random candy or whatever peanuts in the in the bag so i'm hiking up redfield i was going slow it was one of those like you hike you know, maybe every five minutes you're just like kind of stopping because you're kind of bored in a sense. And you're like, you wish someone else was with you and you're kind of tired and you're just like, you just want to be at the summit. So it was, it was a, it was a slow moving, uh, mile 1.2 or 1.3 up. Eventually made it to the top, took a picture, came back down. Uh, and then I went over to cliff and I cliff, let me tell you about cliff. I hate, I, I freaking hate Cliff. <laughs> the beginning of Cliff is like a freaking football field size mud, mud field. Um, and I'm talking like lose your boot in the mud. It's so, so deep and so thick and so nasty. And it's just completely unavoidable. Like if you look at the, at the woods around it, it's like you can see how many people are trying, desperately trying for their lives to get away from this mud. And it's just, you can't, it's just, it's, so long and it's so much and it's so deep and i hated it and at that time of the day mentally i just was just cursing up a storm at this damn mountain so i hiked up the mountain um and eventually came to some actual like kind of cliffs that you're climbing up 
and climbed up those, you know, no problem. And when I got to the top, there were these four women coming down and I scared the hell out of them. I've never, <laughs> it was the only time I've ever had someone literally like yell because I startled them because they didn't, you know, I'm by myself. So I'm not really making any noise. I came around and, uh, the corner and then she literally screamed. Um, <laughs> so that was bad. Sorry about that. Another reason why I now like click my tracking poles when I'm, when I see people on the trail, I usually hike. So I usually hike solo. So I try to avoid that now. I click my poles together so they hear me. But anyway, so I get to the top of the cliff and I'm like, oh, finally I'm here. And then I'm, you know, you're at that area where it feels like summit. I didn't really study the map too much other than where the trails were. Like I didn't really look at like the, you know, the actual terrain on the map. Cause it was just about going up it at this point. Mm-hmm. And it turns out I was on a fall summit. And let me tell you something. I, <laughs> I may or may not have bent my trekking pole out of frustration that I was not <laughs> at the top at that moment uh, because my day was just going so badly. Not badly, but I was just like, I was dead. I was shot. I was ready to be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I kept, I kept hiking up. I made it to the top of cliff, took a picture, stayed up there for maybe 10 seconds. And I was just like, nope, coming back down. Uh, I hate this mountain. I want it to die. I'm going to burn this mountain to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> mentally i was not in a good i was not in a good place i was something like oh, i was fine i was just you know like in a joking way yeah yeah mentally in oh a, we've in all been there trust me yeah uh so i start hiking back down get down to the you know i'm eight miles from my car at that point so i think when i got to the top of the cliff i had been out there for like 13 hours uh so it took i think it was like i think it was like five hours to go from the top of Mars. It took basically the same amount of time to go the first like 15 miles as it took me to go the like the additional five miles or something like that. It was, Jesus. it was stupid. And I was still, I was still eight miles away from my car at that point. So as you can <laughs> imagine, my, my, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing well at this point mentally. So I start hiking down and you know, when you're at that point where you're just like in the most beautiful area in the world, it's like, you're on the mountain. The views are just out of control. Nice. It's a sunny day and you don't give a shit. Oh about yeah. Man. Anything you see in front of you right now. Oh yeah. That was, that was how it was. I just did not care. So anyways, I get back down and it was at that point where I was like, Oh crap. I completely forgot that just a few hours earlier, I swore that I would never, ever go back across the floating logs. I was never to come back here. I said to myself, it completely like, I didn't even remember that element that, of course, if you're going to, because I originally I was going to go over Marcy down a different trail. And yeah, we yeah. Have to go back to them. I was like, I like, for whatever reason, I just like didn't process in my brain that if I go back down and hike these mountains, I am going to have to cross them again. So I start hiking over to them. Um, I eventually come to them. So I'm floating, literally floating on logs <laughs> back and then floating along and I get to the literally dude, it's like it was like from a movie. I get to the end, I step off one of the log the log that I'm on onto the ground to the grass, and then snap. The the log split. <laughs> and literally I went my whole body just dropped into the like the, the three feet of mud and water and muck. <laughs> and so my whole left leg just completely submerged up to my waist and my right foot was on the bank. And there was this little mother effing little, 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 little branch that was just, that I happened to be able to grab. And all of my weight was being held by that little branch. Cause if that thing <laughs> snapped, I was going back first 
completely into this mucky swamp, three foot deep water mud. Uh, and thank God that little branch held and I was able to like balance and pull myself up and it didn't, it, it freaking held, man, God bless that little branch. <laughs> because and in, a, in, a, in a serious manner, um, there have been hikers who have died at that swamp before and in that bog because they've fallen in and like you fall in and your backpack gets caught on something and like you are now being like drowned by your backpack. You can't get out because you're caught and you can't unstrap yourself. Uh, so it's actually, can it can actually be a very dangerous spot if there's been a lot of water there. And at the time it was, it was super high. So I was, I was back there again this past summer and it was like, you would never know it was this treacherous place that I once, I once visited um, mm -hmm. due to the water level and the fact that they like fixed up the, the trail as far as the, the logs go they were attacked anyways so the logs snapped completely broke and then it was just it was just completely snapped off so i got all muddy thank god that root held i got out and then i just very slowly walked the rest of like the six miles back to the car and i didn't expect to pass anybody uh, but i did end up passing various people and i was totally the the solo hiker late in the day that was just way too excited to see people and too happy to be like hey what's up hey let's have a conversation right now i just really need to talk to someone and these people are like yeah dude i'm just gonna walk past you and go to the lean to it's like yeah you guys want to like hang out for a second or are you like hey well let's stop and have a drink of water you know i was that crazy that crazy hiker at that moment um eventually got back out to the car thank god so 17 hours later it was 9 30 when i got out and i Damn, said man and, and i started at 4 30 in the morning um 4 30 to 9 30 is that 17 hours um 4 30 to 9, no that's more than that no that's 17 hours that's 17 hours shit yes. ton uh, hours. It's 17 shit hours. Ton hours so but then so going with our conversation earlier so i said i need to get mcdonald's right now i don't care i just want some mcdonald's so i it was 9 30 you know on a i think it was a friday it was friday night so obviously they're open so i drive to mcdonald's i drive to the drive-thru hey hello hello trying to order nothing silence so i drive around and on the freaking window taped to the window is a like a loose leaf piece of paper that says hey sorry we're closed at eight tonight sorry for the inconvenience <laughs> I was absolutely devastated at this moment. It's all I was thinking about Just for literally in, man. hours, dude. For hours, that's all I'm thinking about. So I ended up driving over to Saranac Lake, uh, which is where I was going after they were open. Thank God. And it was, uh, <laughs> it was the, the end of the beautiful day. Uh, but that was my like easily my longest day on the trail. Um, longest mileage day to date and longest hour date and uh it was solo and it was just like a spontaneous addition that added an absolutely uh, <laughs> insane amount of mileage and hours to the day uh i don't recommend adding date adding that type of thing mid-hike you never really know if it's going to work out fortunately it worked out okay and it's a funny story now at the time i wanted to die um but uh it worked out well but that's tends to be the the fan favorite episode as well of my podcast and my hiking through the high peaks but um that's always my my fun my fun story dude so good so good well i'm i'm glad you made it out okay i'm glad you got your Thank mcdonald's you. after all you you gotta earn I, it man you gotta earn you it you gotta earn the 46 earn you gotta work for it dude that's a uh, that's funny it's it's funny because you made it out okay exactly we can scary, laugh but... <laughs> about it because it was okay you know the amount of times you hear about hikers who like make these decisions on the at the moment and uh it turns out very badly it's, yeah yeah you know, it makes it, it makes it easy to laugh at ours because it was okay it worked out well I'm glad. I'm glad it worked out okay. Dude, Thank you. 
This was awesome. I am so excited yes. we get to talk about the Adirondacks. It's honestly, dude, like this is the time of time of year now that it's starting to warm up a little bit that I'm just like rearing to get back out there. So uh, this is getting me pretty pumped. I, uh, cool. I have a I have some plans in the Adirondacks Great. for this upcoming Mes- summer. Message so. me. I live about two miles from the Adirondack Lodge, so I'd love to. Dude, I was gonna say there. we can uh, we can grab a beer at the uh, what is it the Lake Placid Pub and Brewery if I recall. I, I haven't been That's there since it. I turned 21, but I've gone there a couple times before that when I was a kid and sure. stuff. So. It's yeah, still dude. there. Cool beans. Dude, thank you so much. Why don't you go ahead and just plug your uh, your website for your podcast and anything sure. anything you want where people can go find you and check your stuff out. Sure. You can find me at uh, on Instagram and Facebook at 46 of 46 podcast, 46 of 46 podcast, uh, and also the Lake Placid Niner uh, hiking challenge, especially if you're new to hiking it's a, uh, or even new to hiking in the Adirondacks. It offers an unbelievably diverse experience uh, hiking around the Adirondacks. Tons of different types of mountains, different types of terrain, all sorts of different views. It's a very collective um, experience, and uh, I highly recommend any of those mountains, whether you hike it for the Niner Challenge or not. uh, Great group of mountains. Good stuff, man. I'll have a link to all that stuff in the show notes as usual, and I think that's going to do it. James, thank you so much one more time. And thank you to everybody listening. Have a good one. Mm